Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that is going dark a little earlier than usual. I'm Alex. But in that darkness, we'll only get stronger and reveal the secrets that are decidedly open-ended at this current point in time. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And once again, this is Riverdale After Dark. We're going to be talking about the season four finale of Riverdale Chapter 76, Killing Mr. Honey. Of course, this was not supposed to be the finale. This just kind of ended up being the finale de facto because everything's been shut down because of coronavirus. But we're going to treat it that way. We're going to blow this out. And not only are we recording the podcast live right now, but also we're going live in two places, video streaming. One is to Crowdcast. Hello to everybody over on Crowdcast. You're yeah. awesome. Also, hello to everybody watching over on YouTube. Oh, man, we got uh, Chloe Badley from England. We got McGray yes. from Florida. We got Naomi Gaming from USA. Tabitha Garcia. People have been watching and chatting over there. Thank you all so much for watching and chatting. If you're on Crowdcast, please drop a question, a comment, a theory about Season 5, anything like that, and ask a question. YouTube, I'll keep one little eye on that and see what's going on there. And we're definitely going to get to all of your questions later on. We're also going to be recapping and breaking down and talking about this whole final episode of Season 4. So hang in there. Um, That said, this this is a weird 
This is a weird <laughs> thing that I, I was not expecting, oh. but it looks like we're actually getting a call from somebody right now. Oh, weird. I didn't know people wow. could actually dial in. Yeah, I had no idea, but uh, let, let's see what's going on here with this call. Oh, that's weird. No, that is weird. What's going on there? Huh. Oh. Pete. Oh, it's one of Kerr Smith here. Actually, it's Mr. Honey to you. Oh, okay. my God. Hey, uh, Alex and Justin <laughs> asked me to reach out to you and say hello. Apparently, you guys do a podcast for uh, Riverdale, which is pretty cool. We appreciate you doing that. They wanted me to tell you that Barchi is endgame. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. But anyway... Listen, Wednesday is the season four finale. There's going to be a lot of honey in it, as you can tell from the title, Killing <laughs> Mr. Honey. Uh, season got cut short a little bit this year because of the, everything that's going on. But it's an awesome episode. Sit down Wednesday, grab a Mountain Dew, really. And uh, I'll. Uh, yeah, really, Mr. Honey. Cheers, brother. Wow. All right. Wow. What a surprise. That's so crazy. Mr. Honey. He would call in in that way. Yeah, oh, that that's huge. I can't believe that happened. Pete, how are you feeling about that? Uh angry. I'm angry. Now I wish he would have uh died in in the episode. Wow. Uh, Pete, he knows about your Mountain Dew stuff. That's weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> so strange that he knew you all these have personal a, you, are you details about him? you. Was he yeah. your principal? No. Not did you have principal. a prom? Did, did you have a prom? <laughs> I did, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I so guess he was wasn't definitely your not my principal. He must know you from some other aspect of your life. Yeah, yep. some other aspect of sure. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah. All right. Before we get into the recap for the episode proper, there's lots to talk about that yes. was in this episode. Ironically, uh, Mr. Honey killed Pete just now. Oh, there yeah. we go. And That's the Mountain Dew also killing Pete. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. lots of stuff I going on I didn't appreciate his really comment uh, after the Mountain Dew. <laughs> and uh, it looks like he's as douchey in real life as his character. So that's oh my a good God, nasty. that's nasty. He started it. He started he it. He reportedly is the nicest guy. I just want to get that out there. So let's get into the recap. Look like it in that video. Hold on. Because there's a lot of stuff you need to know. Uh, though there's actually a lot of stuff you don't need to know because there's a bunch of things that have happened over the past couple of episodes, relationship things, that don't play into this episode at all. And I'm sure we Not can talk about that. Not even a little that. bit. Not even yeah. a little bit. Uh, well, this a is basically bit at the end. The main thing that you need to know is that in the town of Riverdale, uh, Betty is dating Jughead. Archie is dating Veronica. Everything is perfectly fine there. Nothing you need to know. <laughs> For this episode, it's all copacetic. Yes, exactly. Uh, they go to Riverdale High. Now, Riverdale High, as you probably gathered from that video we just played in the stream, is run by Principal Honey, who's kind of a hard ass. None of the kids like him at all. And he was definitely doing some weird stuff the last episode at a strange video store called the Blue Velvet Video Store. The Blue Velvet Video Store had a bunch, uh, a back room. And in the back room were a bunch of uh, sex tapes. And some snuff tapes, and probably Ooh. way worse things as well. You seem so scandalized by this, Alex. I love it. I mean, there were sex tapes, and there was and, snuff uh, films, and yeah, there was uh, alcohol and... there, and they were um, they were kissing each other. <laughs> they were kissing in the back room, and then they had a baby, and that's cool. how it happens. There you go. And it floated over the fire. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a different season. That's not important anymore. Uh, so Principal Honey did show up at this video store. He seemed to have some interest in the video last uh, store last episode, but that doesn't really matter this episode at all, seemingly. Uh, on the other hand, though, what they did discover at the video store is another in a line of weird VHS tapes that have been showing up in the town of Riverdale. The VHS tapes started just being of people's doorways, and now they have expanded far beyond that to recreating some of the most 
horrific events in Riverdale history. Uh, we got one showing Betty hitting Jughead with a rock on the back of the head, which has been a major plot over the course of the season. Uh, last episode, they discovered one of Jason Blossom being murdered. Uh, another big event from season one. We'll get to the other ones that they show off in this episode, but clearly the voyeur is moving forward into more dangerous territory, leading to the cliffhanger that we get at the end of the season. Uh, and I guess the other thing that you probably need to know is pretty much everybody has been barred from prom. That, that's kind of the only other yeah. plot line that's important to this and, episode. And apparently that's his deal. He's That's his go-to move as a principal. Right. I mean, yes. any principal, that's like the sort of the nuclear option with uh, a student is to be like, all right, you're not going to prom. That's a, <laughs> life, a life-defining dance, you think, when you're in high school. Well, you went to that high school where they banned dancing, right? But you that's had a right. prom in the barn anyway or something like that? Uh, but I ended up cutting Footloose. Uh, okay. And then everybody in turn you, also oh, cut you cut footloose. your foot loose. <laughs> yeah, because it was uh, tied up, and then you cut it loose. No, I was. Um, now I'm sort of six degrees from Kevin Bacon, but uh, when I was young, I was Kevin Bacon. I'm slowly grown out of it. Mm. I'm sorry. Sorry. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, all right. Should we get into this episode? Should we talk through this episode? What do you guys think? Yes. Yeah. yeah sure. Uh, why not? I think that's a great idea. Okay, great. Um, all right, so let's jump into it. Uh, I was trying to think how, how you do you pr- want to tackle this. I mean, walk through it chronologically, I guess. Because I like, mean, it's it's one of the cleaner episodes of yeah. of the run. Like, what do we? Uh, there's only yeah, one but it way jumps to, around so much as far as like this. What's what's happening in the timeline of the show? Like, it was like. Well, this is the thing. So, I mean, to give you the broad strokes overview of the episode, just in case you didn't watch it. And by the way, if you are watching online, we're going to spoil the entire episode. So, you know, (laughs) tune away now or something like that. (laughs) Uh, But it's split between two different things. It's split between Jughead writing a story um, about what he thinks could happen to Mr. Honey, about literally killing Mr. Honey, and what is happening in real life in Riverdale where they're metaphorically killing Mr. Honey. The other thing we should mention that's kind of important uh, is this. This is a Majid Abex directing network directing debut, which yeah. is very cool. Nice. Uh, and she definitely took a lot of chances visually throughout the episode. There were some great shots, some fun stuff. And to Pete's point about this being weirdly a different episode of Riverdale, pretty much everybody is involved except for Tony Topaz. Like, there's more oh. group scenes that we've had in a really long time. All the parents are with the kids, which oh, is that kind of awesome. Power walk through the hall was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it's sort of a fitting uh, impromptu finale that we, everyone got their sort of shake, except for Tony. Mm-hmm. Let's not uh, leave that out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's no not fangs. forget Tony Topaz. In let's fact, uh, let's recap Tony Topaz's life and history instead. So she has a grandfather. Uh, okay, now and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Uh, all right, let's get into the episode. So uh, it opens on Charles, Jughead, and Betty. They're watching the Jason Blossom snuff film. Uh, Charles is wondering why the voyeur is trying to recreate himself. Uh, Jughead thinks he's trying to recreate these deaths that he's moved in from being a just a voyeur to filmmaker, like we discussed the last episode. Uh, we talked about this a lot on the podcast. What do you think about Charles Smith as an FBI agent? Because he you constantly is like the fake FBI agent. See, see, I think he's a real FBI agent. Uh, he he definitely relies no. on children a lot more than most FBI agents. Um, sure, I, I believe that's my understanding of the way most of it uh, yeah. works. There is the FBI does have an elite baby unit that they rely on. Yes, uh, but this is a little different. Uh, yeah, yeah he's just like everything in this episode. 
as I was jotting down notes for everything, it's like all he's like, Betty Jughead, what do you think I should do? And Betty's like, I'll do this thing. Jughead's do this thing. And Charles is like, great. I'll stand here and wait for you. Also, yeah, exactly. do you need any food? But I do think, I mean, in into the theorizing side of it, I do think he is he's always just testing to see what information they have, because I think he's uh, he he's. Our, my theory, and I think one we've shared, is that he's behind this because he's getting revenge on the town. And so I think he's always both testing them to see how much they know and also trying to find out if it's working, if, like, they're this cracking is, under the He's pressure. really long playing this, and it's really bothering me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how just, the, the you know, the fact that they have these kind of, they're not showing us everything. Um, and this episode was a little frustrating in the fact that we didn't get a lot of information like a normal finale of like what's going on with things. Well, again, I, they didn't plan it at that as that. <laughs> no, I know. I'm not to blame them for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not blaming them for it. I'm just saying it was tough because like, we still don't know really who's beyond the videotapes. Mm-hmm. There was no forward movement of any of the relationships. But you know, I do think I think this episode was meant to sort of set up uh, the themes that would be played out in the last three episodes uh, of like there's, throughout this whole season. It's been like Jughead writing, uh, using his real life to inspire his uh, his stories. And that's like a direct. That's exactly what's happening here. And that is something I want to talk about. I mean, maybe it's more appropriate to talk about at the end. But something I was thinking about watching this episode is like. Jughead has a very grim take on all of his friends in very specific ways. There's things in the story like Veronica and Archie come out okay at the end, but he writes Jughead himself at Betty as these like sociopathic assholes who don't care about anybody, which is kind of fascinating. Like, I feel like it's purposeful in a way. Yeah. And the way he does the rewrite at the end as kind of a slight at Betty was a little kind of tough to I was like, hey, what, what's this kind of rewrite thing at the end that's uh, not look, making Betty look too good? Yeah, I didn't think that was pretty But cool I do think, I, and I am a completely objective in this situation, as always, like all sure, journalists. Of course, yes. Of course. Um, like a I, real journalist. That's what I'm saying, a real journalist. Um, I think that that's been going on this entire season. Like, they've been together in name, and they've definitely had some nice scenes together, but most of it has been them sort of working together in a totally unemotional way. And it, the mm-hmm. job is coming first, and the relationship is coming second, and Archie's mm-hmm. Betty's true love. <laughs> oh, man. Shut the you, fuck you. up, man. <laughs> hey, Mr. Honey said it. It must be true. Yeah, there you go. He He's 100% on the level at all times. So let, right. let's get back to this. He didn't even know what he was saying. Yeah, uh, Betty. That was a thinks, phone call he made to us. <laughs> you can't script a phone call. You can't script a phone call. Uh, you know what? Actually, that's weird that you mentioned phone calls because we actually are getting another phone call right oh. now. Oh, that's crazy. That's weird. super weird. Again, I don't think this is really possible with this because software. we don't have. There's no. There's no actual phone here. That's right. The but if somebody thing. was calling in who might know a little something about murders and murderers and killing, uh, maybe maybe we'd find out about that. Oh wow. oh, wow. Oh, who, who is this? <laughs> who is oh, this? Oh, here we go. Daytime. Oh. Hey, Pete, what's going on? I heard you have a little podcast <laughs> that you do with Alex and Justin. Oh, he's heckling you, Pete. That's yeah. Dark. Pete, that's really dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyhow, bro, I hope that uh, podcast is going well for you guys. Uh, I love doing the show. Uh, I hope that they have a surprise and bring either Hal or the Black Hood back. Or maybe hell that was never hell. 
Maybe that's a twin brother. I don't know. We've got Ross and Blood, right? Why not? Anyhow, I also wanted to let you know that Barchi... That's Endgame, bro. Fuck that you. Endgame fuck right you, there. you so fucking you're fuck. you're sucking on a cheesesteak, think about it. <laughs> you, you guys take care. Enjoy that podcast. Peace out. Peace oh, out. Man. Wow. Peace out. Oh, my God. That's wow. crazy. An onslaught. <laughs> it's such a crazy coincidence. Onslaught. That... Yeah, we were just talking about that stuff, and then he called in. That's really weird. Well, that's huh. really fucked and up. And then Pete, how do you know? Because does he know that you're in Philadelphia right now? Because it's crazy that he knew my yeah. cheese sticks. Yeah. The black you know, hood bet... knows too much. I bet the black hood could kill a cheesesteak if you know what I mean. Oh, that's a hundred percent. Yes, I do right. like the evil brother and him being able to come back on the show. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's, right. he's pitching the right people, us, to make that happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah we're <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, getting back to it, Betty thinks that it's a rehearsal for an actual murder, uh, but she's busy. She can't deal with this uh, because no. she actually needs to deliver the yearbook. This yearbook is, is huge. It's how huge. you remember. It's how you remember stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, when was the last time you were flipping through your yearbook? Uh, this morning or perhaps uh, <laughs> mid-afternoon? I, I'll tell you, I actually was flipping through it recently, but that's only because we were packing some of the books in our house. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, I don't like this at all. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. any of these people. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Uh, she brings the yearbook, but Mr. Honey completely shuts it down because she is two days late. Uh, it needed to go to the printer two days ago. Betty, of course, has it figured out. She's knows how she's going to get past it, uh, but he refuses. He's not going to approve every page. And this sets Betty off, like as completely off for the rest of the episode. Well, I almost feel like to an extreme amount because she, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but she hasn't felt like she's very involved in the Mr. Honey plotline too much. No. And for this to be like, that's the last straw. Let's kill him. Well, we a, had this the scene last. The scene last yeah. week was setting this up, and she was like, "Ugh, I don't want to do this." It, yeah, it felt she like sort did of all indie- this work for it. Yeah, but I agree with Alex. Like, it is sort of crazy that it just like dynamite stick. But I think that flat that goes back to her uh, supposed cure from um, mm-hmm. her her dark Betty stuff, and maybe the cure isn't there as much as we think. Well, on well, the other, yeah, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, like, if somebody makes you do something, like do the yearbook, she does all this work, gets the yearbook done, even with Cheryl's double spread demands, meets that, and then to have it kind of like just shut down and cast aside, yeah, that would, I would lose my fucking shit. And I think Betty did a great (laughs) job of like walking away and being like, hey, let's kill him. Ha ha ha. Even though that long pause there was really. So you Uh, back you back this as a normal way of dealing with a a problem, an inconvenience, uh, if it were we we were to call it that. Yeah, I think that any time someone has a stressful situation like that, daydreaming about murdering them is a normal response. How many stories do you have uh, called killing Mr. Tyler or killing Mr. (laughs) Zelda? You don't want to know. I look forward to the the compendium. Yes, I look forward to welcoming you to the University of Iowa in the fall, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so meanwhile, though, speaking of that, Jughead gets a call from the University of Iowa. Uh, they reveal to him that they, he may have been able to get there in the spring. He was kind of delayed because he pretended to be murdered for a while. Uh, but that wasn't Classic. true. Classic College. teenage high school prank. Oh, man. Uh, school. but they say they can get him in the fall, but he has to write a story first. And this is where we get the first of these great, 
lounge scenes. Like everybody is just hanging out in a lounge together. They're all like, oh yeah, we talk and hang out all the time. You know, you watch Riverdale. That's what always happens. Yes. Uh, they said that it, they pointed at the camera and said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they like, do. We don't go to class. We just hang out in the lounge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Betty says, you know, what you should do is you should write a monster story about Mr. Honey. Yeah. Uh, and they briefly take a little segue. They talk about, like, how he shut down the prom and how nobody can go to the prom for various reasons. They list all of the things they did uh, to Mr. <laughs> Honey over the course of the season, which is, like, pretty egregious, to be honest. I know yeah. I've very much been on Mr. Honey's side, but... You haven't uh, been on his side, like, an odd amount. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. It's like Mr. Honey's your dad or something. Mm, well, Alex, it's, it's really Honey. weird. We have a call from my dad right now. We don't have a call from my dad. Uh, but uh, Wait, there was a fun. Yeah. When they're kind of having this moment, where, like nobody can go to prom except and then points at Jughead and then Archie and Jughead are going to go to the prom together. And Kevin had this great line of like, let the fanfic begin. That's great. That's fun stuff. Again, so here's meta. Uh, Yes, super fun. Everybody was having a blast in the scene. Uh, the exact lines he says, you want to go with the prom with me? And he says, I'd be honored, but I'm not putting out. And then Kevin says, let's the fanfic begin. Yeah. Loved all of this stuff. It's very weird watching this episode after everything went down, because you basically have to like ignore the fact that Archie and Betty cheated on Jughead and Veronica, completely forget about that, completely forget that there's this enormous lie out there and be like, I'm just having a good time. Well, yeah. but I also think that's very like teenage thing to do. It's like, oh, I'm sort of we're past that because we resolved it last week. So now we can be fun and fancy but free. But it's not resolved. Nobody's oh, I know because there's a, our unresolved feelings. There are unresolved feelings out there. The origin of love. Mm. Uh, speaking of fantasies, Betty starts fantasizing about killing. <laughs> wow. Mr. Honey, as you uh, do. Or, or at least running him out of town. And we get the first type of fantasy sequence. So there's Betty's fantasy sequence. And then later on, we get Jughead's. Uh, they could, she's kind of spitballing here with the team, uh, you know, her whole team. That's what we always <laughs> call them. <right? laughs> Corporate culture is really infected. Um, our I'm wearing a jacket. I'm wearing a yeah. jacket Ooh, today. No, very Salam. fancy. Yeah. I got my good Christmas lights up here. So I'm also <laughs> dressed up in a way. Uh, so this is a fun sequence. Uh, they suggest they could all go in. They're like, wait, we can figure this out. Archie suggests disguises. So they cut to them in the bunny masks from the Stonewall storyline. Uh, Reggie's like, yeah, you could definitely use my car because Mr. Honey trashed it. Um, yeah. and they take him to the cabin in Foxed Forest where a bunch of the action is set. This is the same cabin that Hermione killed Sheriff Medetta at, uh, last season. I think I don't know. Was it? I, I was going to say two, two of them. Yeah. Imagine the eventual murder tour of Riverdale that someone will oh, uh, sell. Man. Like, that's fun. Yeah. I could see, they've talked about there's gonna, maybe going to be a time jump next season. I could see, like, a time jump and you cut to you. Betty hasn't done anything with her life, and she's just running murder tours of Riverdale. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, Making a on. fortune. Yes. She's the Walt Disney of small town murder. <laughs> no, that's a Jughead job. That's not a Betty job. Yeah. Like, What's uh, a good Betty job? Hmm. 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 Uh, detective for hire type of situation. Mm, nice. Hitman. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that happens, though, in the fantasy sequence is they maple board him pretty hard, <laughs> which is wow. super rough. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't seen maple boarding for a while. They did that to Penelope, right? Yeah. 
it's very time consuming as well. It's yeah. not, it doesn't take as long as molasses boarding, but it is time consuming. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird actually, because we're getting another call oh right now, oh like another God. call. Uh, so I don't know if it has anything to do with the maple boarding or not, oh, uh, but let's see what's going on here. Pete, darling, I have a little message from Alex and Justin. Hello. <laughs> Apparently you do a podcast on Riverdale. Oh, you dirty, naughty boy. <laughs> I don't think I remember seeing you at the Maple Club. But I do hear that you have some ideas about season four. Well, Barchi, Endgame, really? I'll tell you what you can ship, my sweetheart. You can ship Pony. Yes, that's right. Penelope and Tony. Didn't see what? that one coming, did you? <laughs> no. And also... I know these are crazy times, but just because it's the apocalypse doesn't mean you can be eating garbage plates. <laughs> Come to the bunker. I'll give you a tin of something. <laughs> or maple syrup will get you through a lot of hardship. Take it from me. Anyway, Pete, be well. Lots of love from your friend, maybe. Because you know I don't really do well with men. <laughs> Come to the Maple Club and I'll give you something special in your drink. Wow. Wow. There you that, go. That was crazy. I, I feel like she may, may just always be in character. I don't, <laughs> I don't think she breaks character. Yeah. Yeah, that was impressive. That yeah, well, really... there you go. Uh, that is, I just want to clarify, I think I'm going to shut down the call mechanism that we have set up. I'm going to, I'm going to take that out of here. So okay, that'll be good. the last call we have for the podcast. Yeah, today. it's crazy how many calls came so quickly in the early part of the uh, show. Yeah. Right, I know. Well, they came up organically and uh, it felt yes. like... Oh, that's not uh, a criticism. I, how could I criticize that when they just phone calls come whenever people call? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. Speaking of meta stuff, uh, let's go back to the episode here. Uh, so the uh, Reggie... <laughs> Instead of what the Betty is talking about says, uh, why don't we do a classic prank? Let's super glue him to yeah. his chair and his phone. And they, and they actually do this. And the thing that's interesting here is like, there's, there's a lot of the episode that I feel like kind of makes you question reality a little yeah. bit. Yes. Like it makes you quite like something here. You're watching this. You're like, oh, they're fantasizing it. And then it turns out, no, in fact, they're not. They actually did super glue him. And these hunky firemen take him out. Uh, and the gang all watches wouldn't, as he leaves. Yes. Wouldn't he just take off his pants and then he wouldn't be stuck to the chair anymore? Like, why? Why do you need firemen for that? Well, here's the thing. That super glue may go through right through the pants. It's very thin. It's a very Ooh. thin substance. So it's uh, right to the, the hair, the honey hair. Uh, and he's stuck. Okay. Uh, All right. So the they take him out. Then we go over to Jughead typing. This is a very cute scene. He's in Betty's bedroom. She wakes up, sees him writing, stretches, uh, and he's writing "Killing Mr. Honey." She says, "Great title." Wait, I just want to say, yes, this was a fucking nice moment, Justin. Fuck you, and fuck you're always saying that they don't look like they're together. This was a fucking adorable moment. I'm not saying they don't have nice moments. I'm talking about the overarching picture. Like, if you were to look at this relationship from a really clinical, again, deeply objective, like a sore, sold objective uh, point of view, I think, uh, yes, you would have, there's some fractures there, but this was very sweet. Yes. 
Yeah, no, very cute. Uh, I love the fact that Jughead prints out his stories one page at a time, which is a very yep. reasonable thing to do. Uh, she reads the pages, and then we go right into the fantasy. Uh, we find out they've lost Mr. Honey's glasses. Uh, Mr. Honey doesn't know exactly who they are, except in the story, again, he does he Reggie basically gives it up like Reggie he's like I know you're here Mr. Mantle and Mr. Andrews and Reggie's like oh shit he knows who we are and takes off the mask and he does the classic oh, like Reggie I did it until you proved it Reggie yeah. uh, Betty loves the story finds it very dark she's enjoying the writing the, yeah, back well, in the real world uh, wait, and wait. then she yeah that moment was really great where she's like a little dark and he's like too dark she's like nope that was come on <laughs> Throughout glorious. the episode, Lily Reinhardt, uh, just ad- adorable, amazing, just like clearly having a good time in this episode, which was nice to see. Well, and that's the fun of the show, that it can go so dark and they can still be having maybe even arguably more fun than in some of the episodes where it's just uh, a, a le- not as, as wild and fantastical as this one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, where were we? Uh, so, yeah, Betty gets called in by Charles Jughead stays to write. Uh, and meanwhile, we go back to the when fantasy. you're dealing with the FBI, you can just randomly decide who's going to meet with them because <laughs> they don't really care. It's of not course. really important. Yeah. Uh, back of the fantasy, we get a cute scene of uh, Cheryl watching Honey. She's reading a magazine. She's following Betty and Jughead's plan. He says, I've never taken you to be a follower. Uh, now, here's here's the tricky thing about this. And I know when we touched on this before, but something like this Cheryl scene, it really stuck out to me. Like, what is this supposed to be saying? You know, this is Jughead's interpretation of Cheryl, but because it's not happening in the real continuity of the show, what are we, the viewers, supposed to take away from something like this? Is it Jughead's opinion on people? Is it something happening in the show anyway? I mean, there's a bit of continuity of character arc anyway, but what do you take away from it, Pete, if anything? Well, I I don't know what you're kind of like driving at there. I thought it was just kind of Cheryl... (laughs) Being kind of like the, you know, I'm not a follower. Don't try to goad me, motherfucker. I'm Cheryl kind of moment. Right. But it's not real is what I'm saying. Like that's I think not- it's, it's meant to be like uh, she's the character that is sort of the wild card. So I think it's it's his interpretation. He's funneling reality through uh, his uh, old timey typewriter. And th- this is the character that make the, makes the most sense. But to your point, I think it's sort of like the meta text and then the underlying text. I think it does set up some stuff going forward and also looking back since Cheryl has been so all over the place and done stuff where it's like, whoa, that's dark. She has her brother's body yeah. just chilling. But I felt like this was kind of like a more solid Cheryl. She was like, make a video and we'll let you go. Otherwise, you know, you'll pay the price. And I feel like that was pretty calm as far as Cheryl is concerned because she mentions like you not only uh, kicked me out of the prom, but also really messed with my vixens. And as you know, you don't Mm -hmm. want to mess with Cheryl or her friends. So, but I would argue that Cheryl is sort of the opposite of Betty. Betty, when she goes dark, it's like sort of uncontrolled and wild. And Cheryl, like when she makes a choice, no matter how like weird or fucked up it is, she commits to it and it's like, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this horrible or fucked up thing or nice thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So back in reality, uh, we get to see a new tape they found in the back of the blue velvet. It's Midge being killed on stage back in the not Heather's musical, I was going to say in the Carrie musical back in season two. Uh, And it's 
it's not exactly the same. The video, the the real video is a little shakier. This video is a little steadier, but otherwise they're pretty much shot for shot the exact same thing. Um, and then we get a really nice shot right after this. I know we're kind of jumping back and forth, but that's what the show does, uh, of Jughead on his typewriter where they kind of pan across his face and the light changes immediately. Um, I actually interviewed Major Abick for the day job, and she talked about this a little bit, that this was something that like they talked about extensively. How are we going to delineate reality from fantasy? And they wanted to do it as simply as possible with just simple lighting tricks and camera tricks. Uh, and this is one that she felt like she had like a mind meld with the DP on this, where she was like, hey, I want to do this thing where like, you know, we changed the light and go past the face. And he's like, I know what you're talking about. And they did it exactly right on the first thing. So that's uh, awesome. Fu- yeah. Fun little shot there uh, in the fantasy. Honey is dead. Archie and Veronica go to check on him. Of course, as we know uh, from watching the season, Archie and Veronica are great at checking people's pulses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know exactly what's going on there. Uh, they, it's almost like they don't even need to listen to the heartbeat. They just know. Yeah, they just know. Yeah. I did appreciate that this time it was like, Veronica was like, oh, Archie, check his pulse. See if he's dead. And then Veronica just goes and does it because she yeah. knows Archie is going to yeah. hover like six inches away. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then... Uh, so Jug, oh right. So Jughead tries to decide what he's going to do. Is Honey going to be dead in the story? And he remembers the first time he met him and kills him in the story, which really drives home that like Jughead is legitimately making this into a revenge fantasy. At which point, great line from Cheryl. She walks in. She says, "Brace yourself, bitches," <laughs> and <laughs> informs everybody that Honey Classic is back. Cheryl. They need to get him off of the chair with turpentine. Uh, at which point, Honey officially cancels prom. Prom yeah. is over. Oof. Very prom. sad. Well, Pete, did you uh, little little side trip here? Did you go to prom? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. What was your theme? What was your prom theme? Oh fuck! If I remember, man. Um, what about the song? You must remember the song. No, no, the theme was fuck if I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone was super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, yeah. did you go to prom? Did you have a prom you, theme? I did go to prom. Um, I remember the song was, uh, my junior prom, I think the song was um, like Stairway to Heaven or something where it was like, wow. why? That song was old then, so it's like, why would they do that? Um, and then my senior prom, I think it was Dave Matthews Band's Satellite. <laughs> which Ooh. is very difficult to dance to um, <laughs> because it's not a song to, that you dance to. It's a song yeah. you just listen to. That's mm. interesting that you had songs. I don't remember the songs at all. I know we had themes. Uh, the first one, I went to Cedar Prom twice. I don't want to brag or anything. Oh, Here oh we God, go with the brag. Point. That's also not Wait. a brag. That's embarrassing. <laughs> it, it, well, it depends what? on what year you went. Uh, yeah. Did you Were you younger and got invited or were you a fifth year senior who was invited back and were like, fuck yeah, <laughs> double prom. Zalbin's going back to prom. <laughs> I went for my senior prom and my senior prom, the theme was Ice Palace. So they actually like, we had it in the gym and the- Ice Palace. I know. So it's like they, Frozen? It was like they, a Frozen theme? Yeah, yeah. I, I graduated around the same time as Frozen. Uh, they <laughs> did the whole prom to make it look like an ice palace. There was rock candy on all of the tables. It was actually very nice. Uh, and then the next year, I was dating rock a girl candy. who was a senior. 
that year at my high school when I was a oh. freshman in college. You did so go went, back. Oh, I, I did was, go back. I yeah. thought you went when you were younger. I didn't mean to no. blow up your spot like that. And no, that's cool. Wow. So it was, it was, it was a gambling theme. It was casino night was the theme. Ooh. Wow. Very yeah. risque. Yes, it was. In any case, Riverdale wasn't having a problem at this point in the episode. Uh, and back in the fantasy, they switch right into this. Reggie won't turn himself in. Oh, sorry. This is about the... Uh, right. This is about the uh, crazy glue thing. Reggie refuses to turn him in. Another very fun moment where he's like, besides, I didn't do it alone. And Veronica's like, who would be stupid enough to do that? And Kevin and Archie just very tentatively are like, we're stupid we- enough. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, there were actually a bunch of things in this episode that I felt like were very true to Archie comics, like I was gonna jokes say, and moments. Yeah, it felt like uh, the the most comic book episode uh, that they've done, maybe of the whole series. Even the one that mm-hmm. flashed when they were wearing the comic book costumes, that was very much within the world of Riverdale. But this episode felt like it was in the comic book world with just mm-hmm. the murder added. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Reggie was on fire with some uh, great lines, especially the part where he was just like, "Am I the only one who hasn't uh, gotten rid of a dead body before?" Yeah. Reggie's good. this season. Reggie has been very fun. I feel like he's been such a yes. great pinch hitter. He's well, been like, like he's been like kind of a bad boy, but you know, yeah. for life. After yes, that's after the Bad Boys Three, he's really been killing it. Confidence. Yeah. He got some lessons from Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, and he was like, I want to use these acting lessons I got and put them on Riverdale. Uh, yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Archie immediately is like, Betty, what should we do? And Betty's like, okay, I got the whole plan. The plan is I'm going to take care of it. And <laughs> that's basically yeah. the whole plan. She's like, I'm going to look for skeletons in a closet. You guys do whatever the fuck you're usually doing. Uh, and then we go into the fantasy time. They're all with the dead body of honey. Uh, and we do get, which is kind of interesting that this happens in the fantasy, they list where they're all going to college. Yeah. So we find out, uh, as we kind of expected, Cheryl is going to Highsmith. Veronica is going to Bartard. Betty is going to Yale. Archie is going to the Naval Academy. Jughead is trying to go to University of Iowa. And Reggie is going to Community College in Riverdale, uh, which again, again, funny delivery of that line. That was hilarious. Very funny delivery. It's funny also because everybody was like, how is everybody, uh, all the fans between last week's episode and this week's episode were like, how is everybody going to react to Archie going to the Naval Academy? What's going to happen when that finally comes out that he's leaving town? And it's just (laughs) very casually mentioned in a dream sequence. And that's how they handle it. And no, everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Archie, (laughs) good for you. Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever you think, Archie, we'll just see whatever scheme or scam you got coming out next week. <laughs> you got yeah, great you're plans, the, Archie. Oh, you're, you're joining great. the Space Force, Archie. Very cool. Yeah, have fun. Uh, yeah. Get off the planet. Uh, they're all so they're all getting rid of the body, and then we're back to Jughead writing. Uh, meanwhile, Betty discovers some interesting information, which is kind of a uh, not the craziest detail of the episode, but definitely one of the crazier details of the episode. She discovers that Mr. Huddy has canceled prom at every school he's ever worked at. That's so that weird. That guy yeah. hates dancing. Yes. Like, but does he hate dancing? Like, is he trying to destroy children's dreams? Because, uh, no. like, there are other dances. Yeah, it just – it particularly doesn't fit with what happens at the end of the episode because yeah. there's this turn – that we find yeah. out about Honey. Uh, Which I didn't buy. 
Uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get Come to on. it when we get to it. Uh, but it's definitely a weird, funny detail that could have been followed up, I think, a little bit more. Uh, but then they come up with another great plan. And I do mean this sincerely great plan, which is they're like, we're going to tell our parents. And then they go, yes. <laughs> yeah, super fun montage sequence of Archie, Veronica, Kevin, uh, Jughead, and Betty talking to their parents and being like, prom means so much to us. Can't yeah. you do something about this? <laughs> Nana Rose, the absolute best. Cheryl talking to Nana Rose and just her having that horrific, just uh, angry yeah. face of the one milky eye looking at her, so annoyed about prom. And then we get legit one of the best shots in Riverdale oh, yeah. history, a slow-mo shot of all the parents walking around the corner as a group, the ladies in the front, you got uh, Hermione, Mary, and Alice all in the front leading the charge. Nana Rose in her wheelchair being wheeled around by Cheryl all to confront Mr. Honey. I love this. Yeah, yeah and it was it's a, it's especially – it's sort of a nice um, – especially since next season we are losing some of the parents. And it feels like the parents are sort of being – uh, depowered a little bit as part of the story because it, it's been such a show about legacy and like sins of the previous generation visiting the current generation. So this definitely, and it's not, wasn't meant to be this way. I don't think, but it definitely felt like a, a last moment for all of them together. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice too, because like everybody kind of got to gang up on Mr. Honey, you know, it was like, I'll sue you. I'm the fucking mayor, <laughs> you know? And then there was a moment like, what are you two going to do? We're just the muscle. Yeah, super fun. There's also a fun little uh, Sabrina Easter egg that happens in the middle there where, uh, not Alice, I wrote down Alice, uh, Mary says, I'm a lawyer. She establishes her profession up front, which you always must do in every conversation. Indeed. Uh, And she says, uh, she calls out the case of Murray versus Greenfield, uh, Greendale, because apparently the Greendale prom was also shut down by the principal. Uh, So she could call out that case to take down Mr. Honey if necessary, which was very funny. Um, Mm. And then the other last funny detail is Alice says, as the president of the PTA, she is going to force a vote. And Mr. Honey is like, fine, everybody over the age of 20 come into the office and immediately without missing a beat, Cheryl's like, I'm coming to the president of the school. Because I'm fucking Cheryl, that's why. (laughs) It's great. She's powerful. Love it. She got two pages in the yearbook. That's that's unheard of. It's Cheryl. All right. Uh, she got her own red jacket in when she was a serpent. Which she like hasn't 10 worn minutes. very much. She hasn't worn no, that very hasn't. much. And yeah. where's her archery? Because she yeah. should be going to some sort of archery academy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe they have a good uh, program at Highsmith. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another funny thing that happens, and I don't know if this is purposely funny or not. No, you but... said last funny thing, so you can't add any more funny things. You said that. <laughs> I don't think I said that. Yeah, you did. Uh, oh, you definitely did. Big rule follower of Pete <laughs> in the corner. Um. Uh, in the story, uh, they bury Honey, and they, Jughead says, deep, because it's Riverdale. Yeah. They cut out Betty's reading it, and Betty's like, wow, that's so crazy. So much of the dialogue is exactly how we talk. And Jughead's like, I know, right? And... <laughs> It's like, Jughead, you it's just literally cool. copied everything everybody's saying and doing. You're not writing stories. Oh, come on. Well, and what do we, I mean, that's, do we think Jughead is a good writer? Like at the yes, end of the day. Yeah. yeah okay, good. Uh, a nice split <laughs> there. Um, he really does just uh, do shit. Like he's not, he he's always consternated above the keyboard and then he just writes the, uh, the facts. Hey, all right, Justin, let me ask you a question. Do you think Betty is smart? Yes. 
Okay. Betty reads his writing. Betty thinks he's an amazing writer. Therefore, Jughead's a good writer. She's just being nice. Fuck you. <laughs> I rest my case. Right. I think this episode went a far way to kind of proving he's probably a good writer for Riverdale High, but I don't know oh, if he's necessarily a good writer in general. You. Is he good he enough to be goddamn good writing enough? scholarship? There's oh, a point was... in this episode when he's like literally writing down everybody, everything everybody's doing, and he's like, oh, of course I'll change everybody's names later. Like he's just yeah, that's not. This is granted. Like maybe it it's a bit of a pet peeve for me because I know as a writer that's something I did in high school, and I look at that as embarrassing. Like I would write Mm. short plays about my friends and then just change the names. Wow, you know they were bad. Wait, wait. So they were bad because. Because you were a shitty writer, Jughead is the shitty writer. Is that well? What you're I'm saying? the Jughead of the podcast. I mean, oh, I think okay. we can establish that. Yeah, there's a lot of Jugheads on this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not. I, I wrote a, a series of novels with the main characters Pete LaRage, and no one has ever caught on. <laughs> it's a to great that. character. So, uh, that's true. Uh, but is Jughead good enough to be a cornhusker? Hmm. I don't think he's going to be happy there, honestly. Oh, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But then we get another great line. Not one that's funny, Pete, but one that made me um, chuckle, if you will. Mm. Uh, Cheryl walks in and says, looks at Jughead and Betty and says, hobo, bride of hobo. Hobo. I have some news for you. Very funny line. Uh, And invites them over to pop, says she has big news. And then we get... What was great was Cheryl's yeah. like, this moment isn't big enough. This room isn't set up enough. I have too big of an announcement for this. Let, follow me. And yeah. It was just great. It was classic Cheryl knowing, uh, you know, this isn't the right time for this. And like getting to do like a kind of big announcement. It pops with everybody, which was great. Yeah. To see that shot with everybody in there. Uh, yeah, very, very sweet scene where we get to see absolutely everybody. And to the point of like this being an accidental finale, to me, this felt like this felt like closure. It happens halfway through the episode, but it's all the kids, all the adults, uh, the uh, adults make this really beautiful speech to them about you kids have been through a lot, uh, but we appreciate you and we love you. Even if it doesn't, Hiram says something about, even if it doesn't seem like it all the time, we're proud of you. Uh, And then we get the perfect capper. Yes, but then we get the perfect capper. You must have loved this, Pete. FP raising up his glass and saying, my boy's going to be the first Jones man to go to college. Yeah, FP all fired up. It was great to see him. Happy, having a good time, throwing a couple back. Yeah, absolutely delightful. Uh, And then we go back to Jughead writing a story. Uh, They talk about prom. Uh, Will it be old Hollywood is a theme or the beautiful and the damn? They decide on old Hollywood. But Reggie is losing it. Kevin comes in again in the fantasy sequence. Miss Bell was talking to the police. The adventure scouts found Mr. Honey's glasses. He wonders if they should sign up for a search party. And then it's back to Betty and Jughead talking. Betty loves the complication of the glasses. And Jughead's like, I don't know. Don't you think this is a little too contrived that the adventure scouts found this? At which point, Kevin walks into the scene the exact same way and says, hey, something's up. You got to come to Mr. Honey's office. At which point, we find out that Mr. Honey has contrived, found something, which I thought, again, very cute funny little meta-narrative yeah. thing going on there. Oh, yeah. That was, that's great stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is. Pete. And it's, it's a 
further cement, this feels like such a standalone episode, so different from the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, we get another great line from Jughead as he locks in and he sees Charles there and says, what's up, Chuck? <laughs> Fun little joke. Yeah. Uh, and Honey shows them a tape. It's a tape of the school. And he says, doesn't this seem dangerous? I guess we're going to have to really shut down the prom no matter what. Betty is immediately suspicious. He, like a total asshole, looks them in the eyes and says, will you let your friends know while I alert your parents? Uh, but they don't believe it. Bughead yeah. immediately is like, we don't believe it. Charles, again, completely lost in this scene. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wait, I don't know. You, you guys think he's lying? What's going on here? <laughs> but it was too, like, all of a sudden... Uh, you know, there's a tape that Mr. Honey can use to cancel the prom. And I'm glad Betty didn't fall for it. She's like, yeah, I'll watch this tape. And uh, anybody can make a tape. Yeah. And there's another really great shot. That, oh, sorry. Actually, there's a shot later on. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Uh, but Jughead goes to work on a story. In the meantime, uh, Reggie is in the locker room. Very dumb seed. I don't think Jughead thinks very well of Reggie and Archie, to be honest. Uh but Reggie is in the locker. The guys are gossiping, and Reggie's like, "Oh, you think Mister Honey's dead? You think they're ever going to find him? Well, I'll tell you why they're never going to find him is because." And Archie's like, "Shut up!" and slams yeah, her against slams the locker, him. slams him. Yeah. Uh, and at which point, Betty, we cut back to Betty watching the tape. And I know I joked about this earlier, but it is insane to me that every scene where Charles is working with Betty and Jughead, he's like. Do you want do you want some food? I have some food here that yeah. I can get you. He's constantly Yeah, lo mein. And she's what does she also order? Uh dumplings, crab, fried dumplings. Fried dumplings. Yes, exactly. Uh the a lot of the government organizations time. are food driven. They're mm-hmm. paid in food. It's uh yeah. that's just a fact. FBI's got plenty of budget for stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh so Betty though does find a reflection of honey in the tape. Uh, the Cooper Jones go to confront him with a screen grab of him. Uh, Jughead explains, he's like, you think I've been taking these videotapes? And they're like, no, you're a copycat. These tapes have gone far beyond that now. We know that it was you. You're done. Our feud is over. And this is the first hint that we get something that things are going to go in a different way. When Honey says, feud, I've been trying to protect you. Yeah. I was trying to prepare you for a life outside of Riverdale. To which Jughead says, don't mess with us in our town. Uh, now, this gets to, this is jumping ahead a little bit because there's some stuff that gets revealed about Honey later on. But do you buy what Honey is selling? I don't. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it feels like the point of the It feels like he was being mean on purpose to be nice. It, it felt like a, the arc they were going. It was just faster or it. Mm-hmm. I wanted more good things to happen rather than just like this sort of felt a little like, okay, we're done. Here's the end of him, his thing. I, I feel like the thing that took it a little over the edge that he was that he was vindictive. Yeah. Like if he had been a hard ass the entire season, which I liked and I liked that part and I thought that was well deserved. I didn't. That Well, you're not supposed to like it, but like I liked where that was going. That would have tracked with this. But the fact that, like, he TP'd Reggie's car, that yeah. he shut down Cheryl's party, even though she yeah. wasn't in school, there's uh, shut down the yearbook and all of these other things that seemed very petty and very small. They really underscored what he was doing. What's yeah, that? Yeah, it's a thing like, um, I can understand being like, okay, you know, we got a tough love. It's how we're going to do this. But, like, the way he 
treated the kids, the tone he used, the way he was no first and, you know, just like uh, it was it was rough and it was not like, sure, yeah, the place they go to school is insane with murders and bears and, uh, you know, people eating humans. It was a, an insane place to try to live. Uh, but Mr. Honey was not a good person. And the shot of him in that creepy-ass video store in the suff- snuff porn section, he was just like, oh, this is where I'm alive. This is I where love I feel my creative juices. <laughs> yes, oh, it's closed down. Maybe that's for the best. I love I'm the home. smell of videotapes. Yeah. yeah. We got a quick correction here in the YouTube comments from Kawe is acting. Uh, Betty actually ordered wontons. There you go. We apologize uh, on behalf while, of journalists everywhere. I said, while we're doing I said, while we're doing corrections, I said Cornhuskers, and that's the University of Nebraska. It's actually oh, Iowa's Christ. Hawkeyes. Uh, I, this I is feel so embarrassing. I, I, it's, it's shocking. Did you Pete, say wontons, Pete? Well, I said I said uh, dumplings first, and then I corrected to wontons. But you were already uh. talking, so I got <laughs> cut off. All right, all right, bud. Uh, so anyway, uh, Mr. Honey is shut down. Um, so, uh, oh, right. So then they're walking. He, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So they're walking out of the office and we get this great shot where they're walking together. Uh, Jughead, uh, Betty says he could finish his story. Um, he reveals that Reggie died in the story and oh, we follow them and up. then it pans back. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And, unnecessary. Uh, and then it pans back to the locker in one shot, which has the memorial to Reggie. And again, very like very simple, very nice pan back and forth with just a lighting change to indicate that we're now in fantasy, which I thought was very cool. Uh, yeah. even though Reggie, uh, died. Uh, and then of course, as you'd expect, the person who is torn up about Reggie dying is Cheryl Blossom, his closest friend on the show. Yes. Uh, Established continuity. They know each other's names for sure. Yes. What's your favorite Cheryl Reggie scene from four seasons? Um, they did this fun thing where they walked (laughs) past each other and just didn't acknowledge. Mm -hmm. It was like a hot, uh, distanced thing. Yeah, there was one time where Cheryl was addressing everybody, and then she stood close to Reggie, <laughs> and you could like the 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 tension between them was palpable. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they didn't address each other. I think that was my favorite. Yeah, I like the scene where uh, Reggie got drunk at her party and tried to piss on her brother's corpse, but she wouldn't let him. Oh, which is right. actually That's I think French. the only time that they've actually interacted. Oh, at any yeah. Point. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, she's but, completely toured up. Yes, Pete. Yes. But yeah. to just to get back to your point, I would like to say fuck you uh, because uh, sometimes <sighs> people's deaths yes, hit people, you know, regardless of how well you know somebody or whatever. It can really hit you weird and be tough, especially when somebody dies unexpectedly and that is in your circle. So well, like, again, fuck you for I don't know. I read this as like. Well, particularly the scene, because then we get into the scene in this in the music room where the gang is all there. They're fighting about what they should do next. Jughead and Betty in particular are like, what are you talking about? Nobody cut Reggie's brakes. Reggie's brakes just went out. His car had some problems. If Veronica is like, 
what are you people doing? Who are you people? Yeah. It feels like Jughead has a very dim view of everybody except for maybe Veronica, who in his mind is like the righteous voice behind everything. Because Cheryl just like immediately sobbing and not knowing what to do is very antithetical to Cheryl's personality. Uh, Jughead Betty, maybe, but I, I don't know. They seem sociopathic again in this scene to me. Yeah, and like... So are we meant to, like, I think we already, we sort of already talked about this, but ju- this is what Jughead thinks of everyone, deep down. Yeah. Well, specifically because then it cuts back to Betty in the real world, and she's like, wow, so where are the monsters? But she's yeah. kind of amused by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like she kind of hubers Jughead a little bit. Yeah, life, but it was right? also because she said, write a story about Mr. Honey and what a monster he is. Then mm. she kind of smiles and is like, oh, I see what you did. You made us the monsters. Being like one smart writer mind to another being like, oh, uh, that's a fun twist. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a twist. All of the characters do horrible things to each other, especially Mm -hmm. this season and especially these four. Well, this gets to there was probably another episode that I, I was thinking of. This isn't exactly right, but there's the episode of The Simpsons with Frank Grimes. Oh, do you remember yeah. that? Yes. The one yes. where it's like Homer's coworker who's yeah. like, I can't you believe ca- all the grimy. things that Homer's accomplished and everything that he's done. Yeah. And he just gets angrier and angrier yeah. over the course of the episode until he's trying to destroy Homer because mm-hmm. Homer screws up everything but keeps getting everything. That's yeah. kind of what this episode felt like to me. Yeah. But for the direction of like Mr. Huddy being Frank Guys, because he's like, I'm doing everything right and you guys are insane. Like, you're burying yeah. bodies and eating candy drugs. What are you doing with your lives right now? And they're like, so, we're going to high school. Yeah, that's high school, man. Yeah, but imagine being in Mr. Honey's shoes and, like, leave all your nasty opinions out for a second. Like, he went from a, you know, sort of a, being a principal of a regular school to being a principal in insane town. So, of yes. course, he's like, he's like, what the fuck? No, stop doing those <laughs> things. You can't go to a dance. You're involved in several, like, uh, crime-based businesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in fact, that's exactly what happens is Jughead doesn't know how to end a story. Uh, Kevin calls them into the hall to watch Honey leaving. Uh, and the kids all gloat. But Honey stands by what he's done and says, what goes on here, murder, mayhem, depravity, it's not normal. And I think that to your point, Justin, is exactly the idea of the episode in total. Yeah. Now, but let me, I mean, obviously we won't know about this for a long time, but what is the point of him sort of calling out Riverdale as we're going into the last three episodes of the season, which will no doubt be wildly insane and all the characters (laughs) will be doing all the insane things. Like, why be like, no, it's, you guys are weird. (laughs) And then it's like, and then they just, it continues on. Yeah, they continue being weird. And even like, I cannot imagine a world where even if they have a time jump, even if they go past college or anything like that, where they're like, well, now this show takes place in Des Moines, you know, like it's always going to take place in Riverdale. So Riverdale's always going to be like that. Um, So I'm not sure. Pete, do you have a take on it? Well, when what do you guys think pep means? You know what I mean? It's a town with pep. And mm-hmm. sometimes pap means murder. Sometimes pap <laughs> means a lot of different things. You know, so like you're going to come here and then think you can change everybody and change Riverdale and, and force it into something it's not. All right. If you're going to go to murder school, get ready for fucking murder. All right. You're going to get glued to a chair. Shit's going to go down. You've got to let Cheryl be Cheryl. Otherwise, you're going to get tossed. Yeah. Wow. Great. Love it. Uh, That's what Pep's so, all about. Is Des Moines the the town with Pep uh, in Iowa? 
Uh, PEP actually stands for uh, Plenty Evil People. Is, it's an wow. acronym. Very so good, Alex. I like. I saw that. So I saw that happen pip. in your brain when you just did. <laughs> you could see it kind of like. I saw you hit. Yeah, hit plenty evil, and then be like, people. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I've been working on that for four seasons. Finally, it's time to retire. Uh, so, speaking of which, Honey actually gets. A new job, that's his little twist there. He says he saw this coming. He lined up a new job as Stonewall's new headmaster for triple the salary. He thinks Good things him. are bad here. Wait till he gets some fucking Stonewall. That place is a shit show. Yeah. Well, People uh, well that's what he windows. says. It's like they were cleaning house. So he's going to come in yeah. and shut down their prom, things. probably. <laughs> that's all those, uh, <laughs> all arrows point to him doing that. But I mean, like... Yeah. Uh, Stonewall, while there was the murder plot that we saw there, they seem mostly just like regular rich assholes. Um, mm-hmm. And there isn't as much like bone wearing um, gargoyle <laughs> monsters. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, Still a lot of weird videotaping going on. A lot of, you know, what was it? This quill and the whatever. And then, the skull. Yeah. Pretty high rate of people jumping on windows, though. All right. Yeah, that's true. But again, they've been cleaning house, so hopefully everything turns out okay. Okay, I'm really pulling for Mr. Honey. You just turn into buckwheat? (laughs) Okay. Do you think Pete's going to let that go by without a comment? A little white wine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm channeling you from last night, Pete. Oh, man. Uh, Don't do that. So, anyway... the then we get if I can have dispensation to say one more thing was funny. We get a funny line from Archie <laughs> where it cuts in where again everybody's sitting like I don't know where it was. It was some other location in the school that I don't think we've ever seen before. It, it was very weird because it was like okay, it should have been the lounge, but no. it wasn't. Well, I mean, they've been in the lounge so much, and th- let's explore the school. They're seniors. Exactly. Uh, but then we they can have in, sex in other is, rooms. <laughs> we cut it on Archie and he's just like, there's a slight pause and he's like, you know what? Screw Mr. Honey. He sucks. And then just yeah. sits back and crosses his arms. And it's like very classic, very funny Archie. Well, uh, it was a well-timed thing because we, the audience, were coming to grips with the fact that like he seemingly just tripled his salary and is going to go ruin another school. And they went from thinking they beat Mr. Honey, but now he really won. So there was that kind of pause, and he was like, ah, you know what? Screw it. And I think that was also, like, what the audience was like. Fuck it, guys. At least you get your prom. You know, don't be sad about the goddamn, uh, you know, Honey leaving. Well, like, it's, well why, they don't need to be mad about him just getting another job. Like, what's... Yeah. He's out well, of but there. But then it gets worse, because Miss Bell comes in, and Miss Bell talks extensively for the first time in four seasons, which was fun. Uh, But she says that she's been here for 50 years. She's outlasted eight principals, and Mr. Honey was unequivocally the best principal of all time. Mr. Honey made her say that. Yeah. Rude to Mr. Weatherby, who lost a finger. All right? First of all. Uh, second of all, uh, he, or I wrote this down, he arranged for low-income students to go on full scholarships. Uh, the average GPA is higher than usual. More seniors are going to college. And, and this is a funny last beat, but she says, and no students have died under his watch. Which I think, like, that is something they clearly planned since the beginning of the season and have followed through because... Last season was a shit show of death and yeah. like constantly 
And this season, yeah, nobody has died in the school the entire time. So I don't know. Best principal ever, I'm going to say. And so why why sanctify Mr. Honey in this way? Like, what is the deal? Because is it just to make them feel behind the VHS creepy shit? So later when he comes back around, they'll be like, oh, no, we were wrong about Mr. Honey. Maybe they won't look at him as much as they should. Well, I, th- I think there's two reasons for it. Uh, the the first reason, which isn't exactly a reason, but just to call out another show that it reminded me of, it reminded me a little of the Seinfeld finale where they went on trial for all the horrible shit they've done over the course of the seasons. Yes. Where this was the same sort of thing where it was like this very meta uh, idea of, what if we actually pointed out all the crazy shit that every all the River Tile teens have been doing that everybody talks about the entire time? Yeah. The second thing is it sets up the ending, which we'll get to in a second when we talk about it. But I think you are supposed to feel bad for Mr. Honey. Yeah, and I guess that makes way. sense for the end of this episode. That helps a little bit. But it definitely feels like sort of a long way around the barn uh, sure. to a character that we may not be hanging out with a bunch more this season. Uh, yeah, so the last little beat is Miss Bell gives Jughead a letter, says she's not going to mail it. Jughead stares at the letter in his house. Uh, For like a whole day. Yeah, he opens it. He's completely shocked. And again, in the Runs Jughead is maybe... changes the story. Well, this is like, in the again, in the Jughead is maybe not a great writer bent of things. He immediately yeah. just like, I have to delete most of my story and rewrite it because this guy was nice to me, which is kind of dumb. But hey, yeah. when you're feeling a writing impulse and you get an idea, it's important to uh, get it down. So <laughs> he still doesn't have an ending for his story because instead of Honey being dead, Archie and Veronica discover him alive. They call 911. They go to the hospital. Jughead is worried about what happened. Veronica and Archie told the truth. Jughead is terrified, as is Betty. Archie doesn't believe it. And that's where his story ends. Like his story still doesn't have an ending. Nothing happens in it. Yeah, he made so the story nice, now. but the story is dumb. What's going on with you? Why are you so angry at Jughead? For his stories and not finishing them and the way he writes. and I haven't did- been able to write for weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For weeks. Uh, Alex's story, um, Loving Mr. Honey, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> The Atlantic has rejected it so many uh-huh. times. Yeah. yeah. He smelled like the bees that had made him. That's the first sentence, and then it kind of oh, goes wow. from there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so then we get a quick jelly bean cabbio. Jelly bean comes in and is like, hey, jelly guys, are they and they're like, get out of here, Jenny Bean. And she's like, no, 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 I have a VHS tape that I found. Every like, now time we're interested. she shows up. Every Wait, did you, time she did shows up. Did you say up. we have a Jelly Bean cameo? Uh, oh, no, we don't have a <laughs> Jelly Bean cameo. I wish we did. That would have been great to queue up. Yeah. We already spent hundreds of dollars on cameos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that website, we're good on. We, yeah, we're good. We've used we're it. Good. <laughs> but it's ba- that's back to back episodes where every time Jelly Bean walks in, they're immediately like, "No, Jelly Bean, oh, no, yeah. please turn around and walk away." Uh, so they get the videotape, and the videotape is of the cabin in the woods. There's a crazy little detail there uh, where they watch it, and they're like, "Hmm, this is an invitation." And Jughead, rather than being like, "Whoa, that's the cabin I've been writing my story about all episode," is like, "Wait a second, that's the cabin where Hermione killed Sheriff Mineta." No relation to anything else we've been yeah, talking yeah. about. Also, yeah. let's go there. Right. 
So they go there and we get some interesting details. They look in, it's all trashed and gross, but there's a dirty screen set up with a projector. There's also a VHS player with a tape waiting for them. And that's where you get the final scene of the season. Uh, The letter from Honey gets read over this. It's very complimentary of Jughead. It recommends he gets into the University of Iowa. Um, And meanwhile, in the videotape itself, we see a Mr. Honey masked person wearing, I believe it's a sign that says Mr. Honey. I could be wrong. Or principal or something like that. It was a little hard to see. Surrounded by people in masks, uh, Archie, Reggie, Cheryl, Betty, Veronica. Um, They all turn. They stab him, Caesar style, and then turn around. He's bleeding. He's seemingly dead. And they all bend their necks at the same time like a bunch of creeps. And that's how we end the season. (sighs) So as, as we mentioned... And by the way, this is a great time. If you do have any questions or theories or thoughts, I know uh, YouTube has been chatting about this, Crowdcast as well. We have a couple from Twitter as well that we'll get to in a moment. But on Crowdcast, drop a question there. YouTube starts sending some questions and theories and thoughts, uh, and we'll start reading that stuff off. Uh, but this is how we leave the season. I think getting back to the Mr. Honey thing, like we're, I think he's dead. Like I think yeah. we talked about this the last episode, but I think this underlines that the people in those costumes are actually being killed in these videos. I think so, yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's a problem. <laughs> that's <laughs> a real a crime. problem. That's a crime. Yes. Well, but like, yeah, but- it, it just opens up so many questions about who they are. And then now, whoever's behind this, it's, it's confusing because it's someone who is very close to the gang because they know yeah. all this mm-hmm. shit, but they're also murdering people. So it's like, how are they going to square that circle? Well, and also it's multiple people. Like we've been talking yes, about yes. that. Oh, it's Charles and Chick, and so far it's been two people in every video. So that's kind of made sense. But here, there's—I'm not going to do the math in my head—six to seven people, something like that, uh, which shows that it's more like a voyeur cult than anything going on. So it's not really one person; cult. it's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Also, the person who kind of looked like Cheryl. Uh, they showed her at a side view, and she had the same red on that looked like she would that she was wearing in the episode. So yeah, somebody very close to things that are happening. Yeah. All right, so there we go. Let's get to some questions before we kind of talk final thoughts on this season yeah. as a whole. Here we got one from Twitter. We'll kick it off with uh, Austin Pierce says, "I wonder how they're going to do FP and Hermione's departures." Yeah, uh, this is a big question because technically at least the first episode of the next season is going to be the prom episode because they filmed most of that. They moved that to the beginning. I think they had a day or two left of shooting. Um, They'll probably keep the next two episodes kind of the same, but it's certainly very much up in the air. I would say whether Skeet and Marisol even can come back schedule wise with everything going on. What do you guys think? I bet they'll come back to wrap up those two episodes because or the three episodes, I guess, technically. I mean, they're a big part of the show. I think the show has yeah. meant a lot to them. What, depending on why they're leaving, uh, contractually, I bet they still can do that since people will make some concessions because of the, the virus. Uh, and also, it's just the right... I think it's, everyone would agree it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, it Pete? would be great before they leave if we could kind of get them as much as possible because they're fantastic. <laughs> but I think they're going to uh, leave if there's, we've talked about a time dash. Um, I think they'll leave because of that. They'll be either off doing something. Maybe one of them uh, could die at the end of this season somehow. We don't oh, know. Man. 
Yeah, that's FP specifically. I mean, not to get too into it, but that's uh, particularly like it sounds like at the very least it was Skeet Ulrich's choice to leave. Man, that's a little bit of a bubber to be like, I'm leaving at the end of the season, and now months later, that definitive ending point, you have to come back. You can't really move on with your career and move on to whatever the next stage is. So it really messes up a lot of that stuff in your head. But I, I agree. I do hope they come back and they wrap it up in some way. So we'll see what happens. Uh, quick shout out to Fanny on YouTube who says, thanks for the company, guys. But it's 3.30 a.m. I will watch the rest of it tomorrow. Oh, and hashtag Barchi Endgame. Yeah, Fanny. There see, you go. us Barchi heads got to go to bed and rest up because there's a lot of Barchi <laughs> to live the next day. Uh, Salita Lucas says uh, why, Actually has two questions here Why didn't the foyer just send the last video to Betty and Jughead Why did they make them drive to the cabin And also what happened to Mad Dog uh, For Mad Dog I think Eli Gurry ended up on another show I think like that's the short answer um, <laughs> In canon He got a scholarship Right to some college because he was actually 35 or whatever Yeah, He's very old <laughs> Yes uh, but what, what about the first thing? Why didn't the voyeur just send the last video to Betty and Jughead? Why did they make them drive to the cabin? I mean, I think it's it's escalation, and it's also showing how much power this person has and control that it, it, they know, whoever it is, they know how to lure them and sort of move them across the board. Uh, and they also like they know, do. it seems like they're maybe tipping their hand to no, let them know that, like, they... The person knows that Betty and Jughead are, are doing, looking in through these tapes and are kind of aware of what's going on. Um, let me throw this out real quick. It's weird to me that Jellybean has been oddly around these last two episodes around when tapes have shown up. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So, like, what if they're, the angle is that it's like a sort of uh, violent teen again about how Riverdale the town has bred this like darkness in people and it's Jellybean and some of like her friends that we don't know who are doing this like very fucked up stuff hmm. that yeah. would be very scream yeah kind of just like teens doing violence for violence sake that would be kind of interesting especially because and, Jelly and she Bean knows just gets ignored and shooed away all the time that it's got to eat at her a little bit you know well, and if no. Chick and Charles are actually involved, I think that's their motive as well. They were a part of this town, but they've been ignored. Well, Charles, I don't know. Chick doesn't quite fit that, but he sort of does. Uh, but Charles specifically was a true product uh, sort of of the two very prominent figures in the town, and he was cast off. Yeah. Uh, here's a question over on Crowdcast from Ahmed Southall. A very business job interview question, so I'm glad I'm wearing my jacket again. Uh, where do you see the Riverdale teens in five years? Mm. The And the correct answer is in your chair, sir. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. What a killer. You're American psycho. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, probably working for the Zelbin Jacket Factory. <laughs> um, uh, we're about to go under I uh, People just don't dress up anymore Reopen the economy Anyway, go on uh, I was, Wow uh, I was going to say I If there is a time dash I don't think it'll be five years I think it'll jump for the summer of After freshman year And everyone will come back to town mm-hmm. um, That's one caveat In five years though I mean I sort of think everyone's going to be in Riverdale yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we talked about this a little bit the last episode, but I'd feel like 
the whole apple cart needs to be shaken up. If they do have a time jump that big, everybody has to kind of be in a different place, but end up back again in Riverdale for different reasons, particularly like if Jughead's going to University of Iowa, he's going to be completely removed. Like whatever that is in my mind, the thing that could break up Bughead is them being University of Iowa and Yale, you know, four or five years down the road, they're in two entirely different emotional as well as physical places. Uh, Archie, we know he's in Riverdale because of Katie Keene. Kevin's in Riverdale, we know because of Katie Keene. Veronica, I could see her being back in New York, potentially. I would love Veronica to go to New York. What I don't want to happen is I don't want to watch Veronica turn into her dad. Mm -hmm. That would be Mm. fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, what if it was like some sort of morphing technology, though? That would be pretty cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, I would. Yeah, I think the last episode up. sort of set up. For, <laughs> She's like, I think Veronica wrestle. is set up to be. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, Veronica is set I up agree. to want to to be her dad. Yeah, I don't want that. I agree. I I think Veronica's better than that. And also on the five year thing, I mean, the plans are probably changing all the time because of everything going on. But I think Skeet Ulrich said at some point the original plan was to do like a five year time jump or something like that. But we'll see what actually happens. Uh, another one from over on Twitter. Darling Deddy says, just want to throw out some other possible voyeur suspects. Evelyn, Penny Peabody, Nick St. Clair and Penelope. They all have motives. I've said this before, but man, I would love to see just an all villain team up. I, that would be the best. Oh yeah. I mean, we never got a payoff from the uh, the the Injustice League. Yeah, um, from that Hiram put together. So maybe. Yeah. Uh, this is from a question from YouTube. Mary T- Pat Thompson says, "What do you think happens to the gang at prom?" I think we get our Barchi uh, stuff out there. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Pete, you're just saying no, absolutely not. No, I'm thinking it's going to be some slow dancing, you know, maybe some fun. (laughs) Everyone just has a great time, (laughs) you know, and then people go their separate ways. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, The there was an interview that Roberto Garcia did about it and said that it's going to be very emotional. Everybody did immediately oh, think the Barchi shit. thing, like I think prom is probably emotional no matter what, but I agree. That's the perfect time for it to come out, whether it is people telling the truth, I'm which I ready. hope it is, yeah. or like a videotape gets shown at the front of prom, which seems a very Riverdale way of doing it. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think both truth will come out, and then the punctuation will be a videotape where something fucked up happens. Yeah, I think yeah. they're going to show up with the intention to dance, but they're going to have to all watch like a shit ton of VHS tapes. And it's <laughs> going to just they're going classic. That's what we actually. The third problem that I went to the theme was let's watch a bunch of shit ton of v- VHS tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not fun. Uh, this is a little bit of a follow-up from Lindsay. Are they going to get to a prom in the next season? Yes, that is the season five premiere, though we don't know when that's going to be on. Uh, also, this is from Sarah C. Schaefer. Do you think the Barchi kiss will be a setup to divide the core four apart for a season five time jump, where maybe they aren't friends and something happens to bring them back to Riverdale in season two, I think, had Jughead's comment about them being a powder keg? What do you think? Is that going to be the thing that drives them apart? 
I think it uh, we'll see the beginning of that at the prom, and then they're going to get caught up solving whatever the videotape uh, mystery murder stuff is. And then I think, yeah, they're going to – the full breakup of the core four will happen, I think, at the end of – the true end of this season. So after they solve the big VHS debacle – Yes. So I'll just go their separate ways. After they convert the VHSs to Laserdisc, solve thereby solving the mystery, <laughs> then they can move on to their personal issues. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I feel like I could see a thing where Birchie doesn't happen and then we cut into the five-year time jump and it's already happened and they're in it. And then she has to – Betty has to deal with her feelings for Jughead when he comes back into town or something like that. You know, that could certainly be – I'm hoping that this five year is not what it's going to be. I'm hoping for like 40, 50, you know, year time jump. I want to see him at Mm -hmm. the old folks home, just hanging out, talking about the good old Take it even further. I want to see a thousand years. What is (laughs) that like? (laughs) Riverdale 3020. A couple of quick questions here that we could wrap up from Matty S over on YouTube. Why would the voyeur give up where he was staying or where he has his tapes? Uh, first of all, is that cabin where he was staying? And if so, why did he give it up? What do you think? I think it's just a fucked up place. <laughs> There's a couple like <laughs> fucked up places on the Riverdale map, and that's one of them. Let's let's show some tapes there. Yeah, Pete, what do you think? I don't know. I'm just distracted. It seems like somebody creepy is behind Justin, and I'm worried about his life. Uh, they're filming a VHS of my death here. Oh, you've been wearing a mask the entire time? Yeah, it's a mask. You should see my real face. It's similar, but um, the eyebrows oh, are a little less big. <laughs> yeah. I fixed my nice. eyebrows in my real face. Uh, and we just to kind of wrap it up here, we have a little bit of a theory from Amanda Hughes. I think Charles is the one behind it with Chick. Uh, think about who else besides Betty would have read his story. Um, that... That's uh, I think that's pretty good evidence, actually. Like, yeah, Betty read the story. Charles very easily could be, I don't you know, hacking his computer or something like that or doing a screen share or something. Um, screen so share. I, I can see that going. A real culprit. Again, this jacket is doing yeah. weird stuff to me. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Charles is the one thinking outside the box and he can just uh, really um, visit his pod and uh, imagineer his way into that. <laughs> <laughs> Murder. Uh, I don't know. This jelly bean theory, it, it's hitting me right now. I'm into it. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, regardless, we're not going to find out for a good long while. But before we wrap up here, I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on season four as a whole. Obviously, it's abbreviated. This is not exactly how it was supposed to go. With that little asterisk there, though, what's your take on it? How does it rank up against the other seasons of Riverdale? Wow. Big question. Deep. Um I I like this season a lot. I mean, I felt like it Of course you we, would say that. Uh we got a lot of the Stonewall stuff. I could have done with just a little less of that because I love the VHS tape uh story. Um it's so creepy. Uh, the mask stuff is so well executed. Like I would have loved to see even more of this. And let me think, what else happened that was cool? That I've been hoping for for a while. No, uh, mm. nothing. I no. guess I can't think of anything. The Barchi stuff, that episode was so good. The Hedwig episode was great uh, in general and because of that specifically. So you know I'm here for it. I can't wait to see how they pay it off. Uh, hashtag Barchi for life. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think overall this is not one of my favorite seasons. 
I still very much uh, love this show. I think it's a great show, but I feel like this season got a little weird with some of the choices they were making. Some of the Stonewall prep stuff got weird. Um, I I feel like uh, um, hopefully moving forward it will get better. I I don't think that I think the show is a ton of high octane fun, and I'm excited for what's going to come out. But uh, high octane, high octane. This season was a little. I mean they. You know they're kind of pulling away at things that make this show great. You know, like don't don't fuck up some great relationships just because you're bored and out of ideas. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is, Yo, oh, that's, come on, that's, that's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, that's not no, good. that is not true. No way. Uh, this was my favorite season since season one. I think there it is. Yeah, the uh, season one is great. Uh, I haven't honestly gone back and revisited it, so I'd be curious to watch it again, but. I really like the Stonewall mystery a lot. I was very engaged in that. I thought, like we talked about incessantly on the podcast, I think it really upped Cole Sprouse's acting game a lot. He was react, uh, relaxed. He was fun. We got to see different sides of Jughead. Uh, the relationship drama towards the end was interesting and dramatic. I feel like they could have done a lot more of it and probably were planning on yes, doing a lot more of it. Uh, and the voyeur mystery, super weird, super creepy. I love it. Very excited slash nervous to see yep. where that's going in the yeah, first couple the of thing. episodes Yeah, that's the thing. we got to see season. how that lands before we start you know, judging But you got to look at this as a whole because now that's part of yeah. season five. The first episode is kind of going to be what it is, but they have an opportunity to tweak the scripts of episode two and episode three to make them fit more for whatever they're doing for the next season. So for better or for worse, I think you got to judge it on its own merits. Um, but it's great. Like, And the other thing that I thought was wonderful about the season is the amount they actually doubled down on paying tribute to Luke Perry throughout the season. Yes. Where we've also point. talked about that a lot, but they had the season premiere, which was absolutely beautiful. One of the best episodes they've ever done uh, and an incredible tribute to Luke Perry as well as uh, being a great episode of Riverdale. But they followed it through with Archie's storyline the entire time and that kept him even as it spun off uh, the rails in different directions as Riverdale is wont to do it kept it emotionally grounded at the same time in a really beautiful really wonderful way and it was such a great touchstone even though the circumstances are terrible for them to keep coming back to time and again so that in my mind again haven't gone back haven't rewatched season one but that's, you know, going to be the gold standard just because it is. Uh, but this, in my mind, is number two um, pretty closely. Yeah, and hearing you say that makes me think, like, they really got to flex so many different tones for the show and, like, mm-hmm. change up a lot of the ways they told the stories. Like, it's pretty wild that most a lot of the episodes and arcs were all four characters of the main four just separate. And still mm-hmm. were able to make those episodes exciting and, and weave them together in a way uh, which they haven't really done. They somehow picked up the pace of Riverdale, which is insane <laughs> uh, okay. to have it, this show be what it is. It's great. Yeah. Regardless, thank you all of you so much for listening over the course of the season. Uh, also, yes, if you're watching you. online right now, thank you for watching online on Crowdcast yeah. and on YouTube. You're all Fantastic and awesome. Um, We'll see what happens uh, just over the summer. You know, maybe we'll try to do some bonus episodes or throw some stuff in there because we love doing these. We also have our Katie Keene cast. Our Katie Keene podcast is still going for a couple of weeks. So do check that out if you're looking for more Archieverse stuff because we'll keep that going for a while. But again, 
Thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody who has uh, followed us socially on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everything. It's been a blast chatting with you guys and hanging out, uh, as well as online with the podcast and everything else. A couple of things to plug before we go. If you want to support this show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. to sure Crowdcast and YouTube, all about comic books. Happy to chat about Riverdale as well. We'd love to do that. Love Always love to chat about it, even if stuff isn't going on. We're going to keep talking. Uh, uh, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show on iTunes in particular. Leave us a comment. We appreciate those quite a bit, and they help out the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you after dark. Keep calling in anybody, for, uh, cast members of Riverdale. The lines are open. We will be taking calls. Um, keep uh, experiencing Pete's life. And uh, Barchi is endgame. Later! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.